I was not prepared for Berserk. And when I say this, I don't mean it in the way that a lot of people do pertaining to the graphic elements. What I mean is the sensitivity of this story and, most notably, our protagonist, Guts. Upon introduction, he feels like every edgy teen boy's fantasy of what a strong male lead should be like. Cold, uncaring, destructive, and apathetic towards the suffering of others. But as we keep reading, we see that there's much more to Guts than initial appearances would allow us to see. I have just begun my journey into Berserk. This classic, which has inspired so many series, has eluded me only because I have been a bit apprehensive to start it because of so many things that I've heard about it. But after a bit of pressure from my followers, I decided that I think I'm ready. If you're a big fan of Berserk, or maybe you've been curious to start it as well, I would love it if you would follow me on this journey and make sure to subscribe to my channel and look out for future videos for this series. Let's talk about Puck. So far, he's a fine character on his own. He's funny, he's cute, but I'm more interested in how he has been utilized as a narrative device, reflecting the intrigue the audience has for Guts and being a mirror for the emotions Guts tries to hide. This highly empathetic elf cannot help but feel the deep, painful feelings that Guts tries to hide with his hypermasculine facade. And within the story, Guts has a companion that knows him in a way that he doesn't even allow himself to acknowledge. The scene that would truly grab me would happen towards the end of the Black Swordsman arc. Teresia and her interaction with Guts shocked me. She watched as her father was dragged into hell. She was also forced to learn some uncomfortable facts about her parents, the sins committed by both of them. She was given the one thing she wanted for so long, freedom. But with that freedom came knowledge, knowledge that she didn't know how to handle. And so she turns her anger towards Guts. She proclaims that she wants to end her own life, and Guts tells her, to go ahead. And he must really mean this, because Puck knows that this is serious, that Guts is being honest. But this connects to how Guts values autonomy. He says, it's your life, do what you want with it. But after grabbing the dagger, the ledge that she's on starts to crumble, and Guts couldn't help but try to save her. Extending the broadsword that he'd used to cut down so many enemies, to save the life of the girl, who he said should go ahead and kill herself just moments earlier. This moment is a perfect example of how Guts cannot help himself from being empathetic. Guts is visibly shaken after saving Teresia, but no such kindness was to be found in Teresia. No words of gratitude, and instead she turned to him and blamed him for her own misfortunate life. Calling him a devil, and declaring that one day that she was going to kill him herself. Guts, with his face turned away and eyes obscured, says, Fine, I'm ready whenever you are, with a cheeky smirk. But the shading leads us to believe otherwise. 
that he is not being honest with his emotions yet again. It would be this next page that would shock me and compel me to make this video. Guts begins to cry. So far, Miura has been doing a fantastic job at finding these little moments to help push the audience through, to make us want to keep learning more about Guts and his relationship with Griffith. This chapter began with a flashback of Guts and Griffith's relationship on the battlefield and ends with a compelling segment of Guts showing emotion that he's held back on for so long. The end of this chapter marks the end of the Black Swordsman arc and gets us prepared for the Golden Age, Guts's past arc where we really get to dive deeper into his character. After reading that page, I needed to keep going. I needed to know more about this character and how he became the way he did. And what it was in this moment that would cause him to cry. I believe that the reason behind Guts's tears lies in his fear that all that he does is bring misfortune to others. That there is something inherently wrong with him, something that has tainted him beyond his brand of sacrifice marked instead by the cruel hands of fate, before he ever met Griffith. As of right now, I am on volume 5, and I am so intrigued by Guts's character. One thing I had been wondering about was, what does this large sword represent? When I see a character carrying a sword that's much larger than them, or seems cumbersome to wield, I tend to think of it as relating to some sort of burden something that they have to make up for. And I see it with Guts perhaps representing his own life, something that he has to prove deserves to exist. From birth, Guts is marked as a bad omen, born from a hanged woman in a pile of blood amongst corpses. In an attempt to protect himself from the closest thing he had to a father figure, Guts is forced to kill Gambino. And then, he is hunted down and blamed by the group of adults who thought that taking care of him was a burden, that it was something that should not have been done in the first place. After successfully killing Bazuso, we see that he is given the opportunity to become a squire. This new position would award him with far more money and a much nobler status than mercenary. But Guts turns it down. And I think this ties back to Guts's motivations. He wants to feel wanted, yes, he wants to feel needed, but he also wants to be in a place where he feels like he belongs. And he's not driven by honor and money, he's driven by community. And at this point in the story, he hasn't quite found his own purpose to live. And that's why, or one of the many reasons why he's attracted to Griffith. Along with his fear of being inherently tainted, Guts is also afraid of helplessness, of weakness, and that's why he can be so cold to people that he deems to be too weak to live. Now let's get into Guts's internal conflicts, because this connects back to that. So, he has this belief that you have to be strong in order to live, but he can't help but care for people that are weaker than him. Guts craves intimacy, but fears vulnerability. Deep in slumber after his fight with Griffith, Guts's dream, his nightmare, is all too revealing. 
Memories from his childhood when he was forced into a state of helplessness where he couldn't be strong enough to fight back, of being abandoned and betrayed. But this nightmare is closed off by the warm, bare embrace of Casca, seemingly representing how she will be the one to help him open up and give him the intimacy that he craves so much. I loved watching Griffith and Guts fight. It was one of the best clashes that I've seen in a long time where we get to know about the two different characters through their fighting styles. Griffith seems to have some bird-like traits, especially when we saw him perched on top of Guts's sword. His helmet looks bird-like and he tends to be positioned above Guts like a bird looking down at its prey. We're even treated to this parallel moment where we have Guts seemingly defeated by Griffith in a similar fashion to what we saw during the Black Swordsman arc, with Guts on the ground staring up at Griffith. This could reflect how certain things about Guts and Griffith have not changed even after nearly a decade. Griffith has this hypnotic stare, and it seems to entrance Guts. After defeating him, he stares at him and proclaims that he will become his. What I find so compelling about this is that I had Guts down as someone who wanted to be wanted but did not want to be owned. And so when Griffith was introduced and is talking about owning Guts and wanting him in this very possessive way, I thought Guts would maybe fight back against this notion. But instead, he can't help but feel pulled towards Griffith. He provides Guts with the things that he has longed for. Griffith desires Guts, and this is something that Guts has been wanting. He wanted to be wanted, and he's provided Guts with a community that makes him feel like he belongs. Guts wants more than just praise. It's not enough to just be told that he did a fantastic job, or he would have gone with the man who was offering him the position of squire. Instead, with Griffith, Guts finds someone who he feels a bit of a connection to. Someone who, while they were fighting, he couldn't help but admire him. But Guts lacks specific goals. And so when he looks at someone like Griffith, who has these high ambitions and is actively working towards these goals, he can't help but feel like he wants to be like him, or at least to follow him. I find it interesting how nudity has been used throughout the series so far. For Casca and Guts, she's able to help heal him and it seems to be foreshadowing some intimate bond with them later on in the series. And with Griffith, the bath scene where him and Guts are splashing each other with water seems to not only be foreshadowing how close they're going to be soon, but it also seems to reflect how honest Griffith is being in this moment. Like he has nothing to hide from Guts. Or at least that's how Guts seems to be perceiving this moment. And we've seen nudity used during Guts's most vulnerable moments, where he felt powerless and afraid. Guts is such an intriguing character, and I'm excited to learn more about Griffith and Casca and see how these characters interact with each other. And I would love it if you followed me on this journey as well. And I do hope that I'll see you in the next video.